Did you ever think you were going to have children or want to have children? I didn't want to, and I almost lost her. Bishop created a safe haven for, like, a music machine. The machine is ministry. You know, going through divorce, it wasn't easy. It was embarrassing. But God said, girl, you good. That's why Bishop Barnes was driving home, get to Jesus, get to Jesus, get to Jesus. When you get to Jesus, you got everything you need. But we have to get ourselves out of the way. People want the results, but they don't want to put in the work. Parenting is hard, right? If you allow it to be. Right. Y'all, this ain't even supposed to be about Parenting 101. <laughs> what up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the RXS Podcast. And we got the amazing Miss Wanda Barnes in the building. <laughs> hey. Hey. How you doing? It's a good day. Yes. Yeah, it is. What you been up to? Um... Working, churching, working, churching, children and mm-hmm. yeah. high school and college. And yes. How is that? It is a lot, but it is, and it's not easy, but it's worth it. Yes, ma'am. Um, because at the end of the day, I get to see the fruit of my labor. Yes, ma'am. So it's worth it. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. And how old are your children? I have a 21-year-old and a 16, about to be 17-year-old. And they're both going to be seniors, one in college and one in high school. Crazy. Yeah, I know, right? When you were younger, did you ever think you were going to have children or want to have children? I didn't want to. (laughs) I didn't. And actually, up until... The day that I found out I was pregnant, I did not want children. For real? For real. Why not? Uh, because at the time I was married and I wanted to enjoy my marriage. And I just did not see children. Mm. Um, I didn't feel children. Um, and the way that I felt children a child was <laughs> when I found out I was pregnant with Miranda and I almost lost her from the beginning of the pregnancy. I was like going into miscarrying her. And that was when I prayed and I asked God to not let me lose my child. Wow. Um, you know, but even thinking about it now, it's like God is saying, but you said you didn't want her. You know, but he heard my prayer and he answered um, because she's here and she's 21. And um, it was the first six months of the pregnancy. I bled. Mm. Anybody that knows anything about um, Mm -hmm. carrying a baby and, you know, you know that the bleeding is a sign of possible miscarrying. Um, or possible miscarriage. And I, um, the Lord just spoke to me and he spoke to me through Miranda because she came to me with this song that, um, Travis Green had written about the blood. Mm -hmm. I cannot remember the name of the song, but it was about the blood. And the Lord just spoke to me in that moment. And he was like, you know, girl, do you not realize you were losing your blood, but it was my blood that sustained her in you. 
you know, during that time when they said that you would lose her. He said, I kept her. You didn't want her, so you were bleeding out, but I wanted her here. So, you know, God just did it, and she is a miracle, and she is a blessing. She is a beautiful child. She is an amazing young lady, and it's all because of God. And, you know, uh, Maurice was the seed. I was the carrier, but God was the one that gave her who she is. He gave her her character, her personality, all of that. He gave it to her, 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 her looks. You know, and it's it's so amazing because it's like whichever one of my siblings that she's with, people will say, is that your daughter? Because she just kind of takes on, you know, yeah. it's like a chameleon type thing. You know, she just takes on the likeness of them when she's with them. Um, and, and I just, you know, everything about Miranda is just a God thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just grateful. Okay, that's enough. Got that. All right, so and Arnez, too. Arnez, yes. Arnez, so talk about him for a minute. Arnez. Um, came to me, my sister uh, Vaughn passed away in 2017. Mm -hmm. And a little bit after she passed, I got a phone call that I needed to get Arnez from school. And the Arnez was going to have to live with me. And this was October 31st, 2017, October 30th, 2017. So they said, you got to go pick him up from school and he has to live with you. I didn't have to pick him up from school. He was at my Aunt Leora's house. Okay. So I picked him up from daycare. And he came home with me, and he's been with me ever since that day he got out of school. Um, And Arnez is my bonus baby. He is the one that I didn't have to carry, but God gave him to us because he's with me and Miranda. And I have just learned so much about myself having him because he is an atypical child. Um, He is a child of autism, but autism is not an excuse in our home. And he is an amazing child. God has blessed him. You know, I thought I was patient, but I found out when I had him, I didn't have any patience. I was like sub-zero with patience. <laughs> yeah. That means below zero patience, none. Yeah. But I found out that there was more in me that God wanted to bring out of me. And he's using Arnez to do that. Um, and he's just amazing, smart as a whip, but he's lazy as I all get out, you know, but he is so, and he's talented. He's a musician. He loves to play the drums. I mean, he just, he's amazing. And God has just blessed me, you know, one that I carried in the womb and the other one that he just gave to me, Mm. you know, God just blessed both of them and he has blessed my life through my children. And I call him mine. I tell him, you know, he, I, I call him son. He said, but I'm not your son. I said, yes, you are. I said, you are my son. I said, I love you just like if I had you. I love you just like Miranda. And when he came, he's like, um, so he's going to be 17. She's 21. So he's four years younger than she is. And he was like, well, can a 15-year-old tell an 11-year-old what to do? <laughs> And I said, yes, if she's telling you the right thing to do, yes. <laughs> and I was like, son, I said, the same things that I do for you, I cannot do I, the same things that I do for her. I cannot do for you because of the difference of your ages. But please know that I love you. I don't love you any less than I love her. You know, I love you just as much as if you were mine. But um, OK, that's that's enough. About that. that is so beautiful. Oh, well, I, it's all God. Absolutely. So I want to go all the way back to the beginning. Tell the people where you were born. 
was born at Parkview Hospital in Rocky Mount. Shout at Parkview out, is still Shout there. out to two five gang gang. <laughs> what was it like growing up here? We it was it was seven of us. I'm the last of seven, and I'm the best of seven. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the last of the seven, and it it was it was like we lived in like row row houses. That's where I was born in row houses on Atlantic Avenue, and those houses are still there. I think there's they might be still there. They might not be, but it was some row houses right on Atlantic Avenue, like across from where the event center is now. Mm-hmm. That's where that's where I was born um, in those houses. And we used to walk to Redbud, which was on Albemarle Avenue, which was not too far. Um, but we used to walk to church. And um, but that's where it started. And we were like in the house where you had like one room, one the kitchen we were like all in one space and so you know people equate our names with oh they got a lot of money they got a lot of stuff they got a lot of this but no we didn't have a lot of money we had a lot of love our parents that's what they gave us they gave us love they gave us God and and that's what we had and we still have that and God is, is something about Gerald and man's kids is something that's different. We're not better than anybody else, but we're just a different breed of, of, of family, which is, which is different. Um, and I am just grateful that, that this is my family, that Sherrod and Lisa and Debbie and Peaches and Vaughn and Reggie, God rest their souls. They passed away Vaughn in 2017 and Reggie in 2018. And and mommy and daddy, I'm so glad that we are family. You know, I'm glad that I came from good stock, mm-hmm. you know, because our parents love the Lord and and they loved us um, so much. And it's, it's just, they put us in the position where, you know, we're always giving, you know, anybody that knows us knows that we're giving, you know, we give musically, we give of ourselves, our time, and, you know, even our attention and our hearts, you know, we give all the time. We're always serving other people. Like even when, you know, family members have passed, mom died, dad died, sister died, brother died, you know, we're serving, you know, we, we can't even cry. Like everybody else is sitting down crying, (laughs) you know, we trying to wipe their tears and trying to minister and song and, you know, trying to minister to people's hearts. Um, but you know, I, I know that it came from our relationship, first of all, with our parents and then with God, you know, they introduced us to God in such a way that we know how to serve. We have servant hearts. And I'm just grateful for my siblings and for my family. We don't always rock and roll on the same page. (laughs) You know how it is with siblings and stuff. You know, we don't always roll the same way and the same day. But at the end of the day, we are family and we love each other and we love what we do, you know, and we get joy out of doing for others and serving others. So that's what I came from, Mm. you know, and we never really had a whole lot and and still don't you know if you start talking about stuff you know but really we are so abundantly blessed in ways that outweigh stuff you know because you can have a whole lot of stuff in a bad heart mm. you can have a whole lot of stuff in a bad attitude you know you can have a whole lot of stuff in in just a rough life you know but god is so amazing that he gives us all of this heart he gives us all of this this grace and all the stuff that you can't put your hands yes, on. 
that's what outweighs the stuff, the tangible stuff, you know, and I'm, I'm learning that I still struggle sometimes because you compare yourselves with other people with stuff that they have, you know, and God is like, it ain't about that. You know, what's in your heart. And that's, what's more important, you know, than what's in your hand. Mm. So I'm just grateful that I have a heart. Yes, ma'am. And that's what puts stuff in my hand. (laughs) (laughs) Facts on facts. It does. So growing up, when did um, you discover that you could sing? It wasn't necessarily that I discovered. It was like, you got to sing. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, you know, it's like, uh, who, somebody said, we didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on us. Yes. You know? And, and it's like that. It was it was like that. We just, we just sang. It was just like, yeah. in our DNA, it was like, you know, you know how people's nature rises and they yeah. just, you know, y'all, that's just who we were. Yeah. That's who we are. And we it was like we came out of the womb singing because my yeah. mom was like, she she had one in her belly, she had one laying on her lap, and she was playing the <laughs> piano and singing and stuff, you know. So it's like the music was in us, mm-hmm. and when we came out, you know, that's what came out of us, you know. It was like an automatic; it was a given. Mm-hmm. And like even with Miranda, when Miranda we would ride in a car and be singing, Miranda would always harmonize. She would never sing. I want her to sing, sing the same note that mommy's singing, and she's always trying to sing over me, a third over me, harmonizing with me. But it's just is what's mm-hmm. in us and it was in us from the womb yes ma'am and it's like it just it was just a natural thing for us to to sing i think before um debbie my oldest sister i don't know what my mom was doing maybe she was cooking or something but my oldest sister she does not sing she just does not so how high admit it so it missed her yeah yeah <laughs> I'm I'd like I said, my mom must have been cooking because Peaches can cook. She cook real good. Yeah. But um, she's not the singer. But I mean, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. And, um, yeah. But we just, we just, it's just who we are. So y'all sung around the house a lot? Not necessarily all. Yeah, we did some. Yeah. We did. We we were outside all the time. We were always outside playing and stuff. Really? Yeah, we hung outside. You know, it wasn't like, you know, you know how some of the old people say, you know, children have to go outside, you stay outside until the <laughs> sun go down. We didn't have to stay outside, but we loved the outside. We loved the outdoors. So we were outside playing all the time. We played games like Mr. Wolf, Are You Ready? What is One, that? two, three, wait, red light. Wait, what is Mr. Wolf, Are You Ready? So it was like a game that we played when it was like dusk, about to get dark. And, and somebody would be the wolf. And so everybody would be like standing around Mr. Wolf. And Mr. Wolf was in his house, but not ready. So Mr. Wolf, we, we stand outside and we say, Mr. Wolf, are you ready? And Mr. Wolf would say, I'm getting out of bed. Mr. <laughs> Wolf, are you ready? I'm washing my face. Oh. <laughs> you know, so it's like Mr. Wolf was getting ready. And so we were going to run whenever Mr. Wolf was ready and he was coming out. We just take off and Mr. Wolf would try to catch us. And then we play hopscotch. We play one, through three, one, two, three, red light. It's just so many different things that we did together outside. And, you know, when we go in the house, we would do music. We did sing, you know, a lot. But most of the time, we we would do it at the church. You know, we'd be running the church. And church was, it's, it was like, we love church. Kids now mm. <laughs> don't want to go. But we, like, it was like, we loved it. We went, we learned, we did. 
And it was just like a like another home for us. Mm-hmm. And it was a safe haven for us. And and Bishop Barnes, you know, he created that environment for us, um, you know, where church was what we love to do. Um and, and church is who we are because we are the church. Yes. You know, that's who we are. But, you know, in order for us to become the church, we got to be in the church. Yes, ma'am. You know, we got to get the church in us. Yes, ma'am. And so that's why, you know, and, and if I'm rambling, just shut no, me down. No, you're good. And I'll, I'll move, <laughs> no, I'll go move ahead. with you. But that's why, like, when the pandemic came in 2020, mm-hmm. you know, and we were all forced out of the building. Yes. Um, and we were forced into our homes, you know, that was the time where people began to see what was in each other, you know, to see, you know, okay, we've been in the church for 20 years, for 10 years, for 30 years, some of us 40, 50 years. And now we're in a place where we cannot go in the building. What are you going to do when you have the opportunity to get on zoom, you have the opportunity to get on the phone, you know, you have the opportunity to connect in different ways. Are you going to take advantage of that? Or are you going to stay in the convenience of your home with home on your mind versus having church on your mind and church Mm -hmm. in your heart? You know, so those are the times where we had to, uh, or, or the exposure took place of church being in us yes. versus us being just in church, you know? So it, it came, you know, as, as that, that was our life. So when the pandemic happened and it's still happening, but just, you know, different ways it's still happening. But when that happened, you know, it was like, Oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to church. I'm just going to be on the computer, but I'm going to church and we're yes. going to sing and we're going to enjoy the Lord. Absolutely. You know, we're going to have a good time. We're not going to fail to assemble ourselves together with other believers because we can do it this way. Mm. You know, we may not be able to meet together in the sanctuary, but we're going to do it like this. You know, we're going to have church. Yes. And when we finish, I'm going to go to sleep, <laughs> you know, and, and the Lord really, he was blessing us in the midst of that because we didn't have to spend money for gas. We didn't have, although we had to buy a little bit more food, but we didn't have to spend money for gas. We didn't have to worry about our cars, you know, maintenance on our cars and all that stuff. You know, there were a whole lot of things that God did. The government opened up where it had been shut down. The bowels of the government had been locked. (laughs) You know, they had to unlock, you know, all that stuff. And they were just handing out stuff. You know, we were more blessed. We've been more blessed, most blessed in these last three years than a lot of us have ever been blessed because God allowed something to take place that turned the tables. Yes, you know, ma'am. where we're also always giving, always going, you know, the man is always calling us to work. And I, I worked on the pandemic, you know, but some people were able to go home yes. and work from home, you know, so you no longer had that hanging over you. And, and God just opened up. It was like he opened up the windows of heaven. We, and we didn't even see it that way. Mm. You know, some, some did, some do, but a lot, you know, we're just an ungrateful people you know in general i am rambling so much and it's good it is all good i'm loving it (laughs) no i'm loving it i want to ask you about um singing in the church from your perspective why do you think parents say because i said so I feel like it could either mean that they know that what they're saying isn't right, so they just say that. If they're telling you to do something and they say, because I said so, why would they tell you to do something wrong? All I know is sometimes 
parents don't know like how to like deal with situations other than how they were treated when they were kids and it can be where their parents told them because they said so and it's like oh that's all i know so i'm gonna just treat my kid like this hi this is nay and that was nay's place if you want to catch more search nay's place on apple Podcasts, spotify and RXS Entertainment YouTube channel. I want you to take me from Little Wanda to becoming a part of FC Barnes & Company. Take me through that whole process of how that happened. Well, I sang with my mom and dad, my sisters and brothers, sang in the Junior Petite Choir, um, sang in the Young Adult Choir. How long in each choir? Junior Petite's. Until there were no more junior petites. So, you know, junior petites, we were like 21 and still in the junior petites. Um, so, you know, the junior petites just, it just stopped. It wasn't okay. like you aged out. We just sang, you know, and then at that time that, that there was the gospel choir. It was like the old people yeah. singing in the gospel choir, like the, like the senior choir in the churches now. The gospel choir was a senior choir. Um, but the junior petites was like the, the, Kitty, the young adult, and kind of the adult choir. <laughs> yeah. So I sang in the Junior Batiste until I could no longer sing in the Junior Batiste because it just uh, let it just it, stopped. Yeah. Yes, it ceased. <laughs> and and then we had the young adult choir. The young adult choir. I was in college for some of that um, at North Carolina A&T State University. Let's Aggie Pride. Go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so I sang in the young adult choir, and then Melvin. Um, uh, Associate Pastor Melvin, that's at Restoration, he was over the Young Adult Choir. And when he um, left Redbud, he came to me with like, I know Melvin had about 40 stickies in his hand and he had all these songs on the stickies. And I got the stickies. I still have them somewhere. I don't know where they are. But he gave me about 40 stickies with songs on them. And he was like, you know, you're going to have to take over the choir. You're going to have to direct. You know, he was saying all this stuff. And I was like... <laughs> for real I had never directed or you know led a choir and he said you know you're gonna have to do this and I was like okay so it was it was it was after I graduated college um that I started directing the young adult choir mm -hmm. and the Lord just blessed us he really did um and the young adult choir we stayed together we, I, I mean, we can, we can still be the young adult choir, but we were like until Bishop Barnes passed in 2011, yeah. we were still singing, and I actually ultimately ended up becoming like the music director in our church, yes. um, kind of taking the baton from Debbie. Mm -hmm. She passed it to me, and um, I have like led. The, we have a mass choir. She started the mass choir, which is a combination of all the of choirs. All the choirs. Yeah. And um, so we are still the mass choir for the pandemic, during the pandemic, for two years. Um, it was just the praise team singing. But, you know, we've gone back to the mass choir. So those who wanted to sing are back in position. So we're still doing the mass choir. We have a male chorus. It's Mel Chorus and Wanda because I sing with the Mel Chorus too. Um, we have rehearsal and stuff. So I, I do the rehearsals and I have an amazing group of musicians that uh, that are in the house. Um, KB and Brandon and Milton and Eric 
and Arnez and um, Jalil, you know, they're our musicians. And um, sometimes Ray Brazel helps us out. So we, we have an amazing music ministry. And um, oh, you asked me about Bishop F.C. Barnes. Yeah, you can go back. Okay. Now you can go back. You, okay. You're good. Roll, roll, roll back. <laughs> roll back. I started with Bishop Barnes when I was probably like, I don't know how old that was. I don't know. I might have been like 18, maybe. I started with Luther when I, no, so I started with Luther when I was like 17, 18, 16, 17, 18, something like that. So you were, Luther had a choir, so it was the choir? The Red Bug Gospel Choir. Okay. Yeah, that was the the choir that um, Luther pulled me and Benita into. Me and Benita were like the youngest two. Okay, so he put so so was Luther kind of thinking like I'm gonna put together like the strongest singers in the church to make a choir. I don't know what he was thinking. <laughs> all I know is me and Benita ended up singing with all of them, the older people. Uh huh. So <laughs> Benita, you know, we um ended up singing with the senior people in the choir. <laughs> we were the two youngest ones, and we ended up traveling because he had a, t- you know, it's yeah. the travel. And everybody traveled. The the senior people, all, everybody traveled at first. <laughs> we were all traveling together. And we go in the studio, and everybody be in the studio together. And, you know, you can hear, you listen to some of that throwback music from the beginning of the Red Buckle gospel choir you can hear all that you can hear the differences in the voices you can hear the seasoned ones versus the younger ones of us you can hear the differences but you know we made beautiful music together it was amazing music but um we started with um luther and the ribba gospel choir and then um my mom and my sister deborah and martha were with bishop barnes Oh, okay. Yeah. And so when my mom passed away in 1994, after then, Bishop Barnes drug me in the back. <laughs> so um, I, I became a part of F.C. Barnes and Company. And then years later, Lisa became a part <laughs> of F.C. Barnes and Company. So it was me and Debbie and Lisa singing with Bishop Barnes. So that's how we kind of... You know, it have evolved over the years, but it's evolving and overlapping and yes. all that stuff, you know, because we didn't like go from one to the other to the other, you know, because some of it was still ongoing. Yes. It's still ongoing. Um, and we still have company, you know, yes. Bishop Barnes's company every now and then um, we'll sing with Debbie. And uh, f- for the most part, is me and Lisa and Debbie's daughter, Happy. Yeah. Um, we sing together a lot. And um, Ray's sister, um, Pooby. Yes. Um, we all sing together now. And um, so it's kind of an evolution of, of yes. music. And that's the thing. Ministry. That's the thing about Red Bud. Like, n- maybe some months ago, I just, like, went on YouTube and was, like, listening to everything. And I'm like. Like what Bishop allowed you got like he really created a safe haven for like a music machine. Like I'm like, this is like insane. They got this choir and this group and that group and this kind of song and this. So like being in it, did you guys know how legendary it was? I don't think it was so much about it being legendary as like with Bishop Barnes. He he. He's he saw, you know, he had the God eyes 
and he saw in the spirit realm what could be. And he was about making it happen. He he let us all explore the 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 breadth and the depth of whatever was in us musically. Um, he allowed us to do that while also putting boundaries and yes. ramifications on, you know, what, how far we could go with mm-hmm. it, you know, but he, he saw it with his God eyes and he just kind of pushed us into it, you know, well, I don't even want to say pushed us into it because we came in the church and that was just, just what was happening yes. because he was already doing music mm-hmm. and he was like, he was, he was dragging people out like, oh, uh, my mom, that's how my mom <laughs> met my dad. Cause she was like, yeah, they, they connected in the church and my mom was like singing with him. If you ever see the picture, there's a picture of the Mark's Chapel choir Mm -hmm. and my mom and dad were in that choir. My mom was on the bottom row and my dad was on the top row and Aunt Willa Mae and um, just different ones that he pulled together. Aunt Leora, Aunt Leora used (laughs) to play the piano. Um, Francis played first Mm -hmm. and then Aunt Leora started playing the piano and she talks about it often. She says, you know, I probably have no clue what to do with the piano right now. (laughs) She said, but fat, she called Bishop Barnes fat. She said, fat would be waiting for me when I got out of school. And she said, and sometimes I'd be like, because he'd be waiting for me and she said and there were so many places I don't know how he found those places because it's like we we went with Bishop Barnes to this town called Turkey all the people that live in Turkey North Carolina we did not know where Turkey North Carolina was until we went and still don't know unless you use the GPS so we were going to this town called Turkey and so somebody asked where are we and Kelvin KB said 25 miles past lost we didn't know where we we were but bishop barnes was like he found all these places and he was just ministering in different places and aliora said that he pulled her and she said he always took care of us when we were out there she said but he pulled us in so it's kind of like he saw what was in us we didn't even see it but with his god eyes he saw what was in us and he allowed us to explore in the house of God and, mm. and to the God extent, he allowed us to explore those things that were in us. And it was just like, you know, it, it became and it's mm. still becoming because mm-hmm. it's not done. Absolutely. You know, because as often as we have opportunity, you know, we're pouring into our children, those that are coming after us, you know, and we're, we're less and less with it now because we're so... You know, if the kids say they don't want to go, we don't insist. We don't, you know, put responsibility and accountability into them when it comes to the things of God in the church. But, you know, it's it's that machine that you're talking about. It's just ministry. That's what it is. It's ministry. And it's still becoming what God would have it to become. Now, there are times when it veers off because we get in ourselves, you know, but at the end of the day, we have to remember that this is all about God. God is the reason why we're able to do what we do. He's the reason that we have these gifts, you know, these good and perfect gifts. They, (laughs) He's the giver of them, you know, so 
this thing is still becoming. There's so much more that the earth is is in need of that we have the responsibility to give. We're not always giving it because we're so, you know, mm. us minded and not necessarily God minded, myself included, you know, because sometimes I get tired, I get worn out and I just don't feel like it. But God is saying, look, there's a need for what you have. Mm. So you have to give it and I'll give you the strength. You might not have it, but I'll give it to you so that you can do what I need you to do. And I am in no way doing everything that God wants me to do, but I'm doing my best to give it 100. I'm doing my best to give it all of me so that my part is not lacking. Yes. You know, so all of us have a responsibility, even if it's not music or whatever. We all have a responsibility to the earth realm to give what God has placed in us to give it back because the earth is groaning. It's groaning. Mm -hmm. It needs what we have in us that God has given, although we don't always give it. So how did I get over there? From, it is okay. You know, the machine. It is okay. Okay. But the machine is ministry. Yes, ma'am. That's what I it is. I love that. It is it's ministry. So to go back to Bishop, he had people a part of the music ministry that were not necessarily Red Bud people, mm -hmm. is what I'm hearing from you. Mm-hmm. What what we did, what we do at Redbud, it draws. Hmm. And he never said no. He didn't shut people out. You know, it draws. And then we connect with people like, I call you. <laughs> you know, because Jamal, I need somebody to play for me. Today, I, you know, we are helpers of one another. So I, yes. you know, there's no shame in my game when it yes. comes because I know you got it in yes, you, you know. And so there's no need for me to not call you when I can. I got your number and I can call you and you can help me. So I called J Jamal. <laughs> I need you. And you might say no, but it won't be because I didn't call you and ask you. Yes, you know, so we had there are are still are yes. people that come in and, and they're some are drawn, some are asked in. You know, and, and once asked in, they don't mind coming back. That's you know, so true. To help at any time. You know, so it's kind of like, you know, what God has done in our church and in our ministry, it it draws. And yes. people, you know, they don't just say, well, no, I ain't going over there. You know, it's like, no, I can't come because I got this to do. Or I got mm -hmm. that to do. But when I can, I will, yes. you know, call me again. You know, so I, I it was one of those things where he never... He never closed the door mm. on anybody that would come in. And, you know, so that's why you saw a lot of people yes. that did not belong to Red Bud <laughs> that might have been crazy. on instruments or even singing in the choirs yeah. or whatever, you know, because he never closed the door. And even now we have people that sing that haven't joined our church, but they just <laughs> come, you know, and they sing. And, you know, when it comes to the things of God, God will um, convict Mm. You know, God will touch people's hearts, you know, so we have to not turn them away, but you let them do what they do, you yes. know, however it is that they do it. Yes. Come on in and do it. And the Lord will touch their hearts. He will convict. Yes. We just open the door and, you know, that's that's how it is. That's a beautiful thing. <laughs> I want to ask you now about leading songs. When did you start leading songs? With, well, I, I, no, with Luther. Okay, tell me about it. With Luther. Um, I don't remember the first song that I did with him. The first song that I did with him, I don't know, because I've done so many. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. 
know what the first song was, but um, I don't know Jamal. So what? What's the, the what's the first song that you actually remember? Like, what's one that sticks out? I mean, I remember the songs that I did, but I just don't remember when I did them. Okay. So I mean, I've done. Uh, um, it's Christmas time again on the Christmas CD. Uh-huh. I've done. I, I did. Um, Nothing can be better. Mm. I did. Um, oh my goodness. Uh, what else did I do? I'm trying to think of the the album where the hands are out. <laughs> um, I did a song that Mark wrote. Um, dun, 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 dun. True love. Uh-huh. Um, oh my goodness. It's it's been quite a few songs that I've done. And then, you know, of course, Spirit, um, with Luther. How was that? I, I Tell would, me about the session. Tell me about the song being presented to you and the and the studio session. Well, I was singing the song with the young adult choir with Melvin because that's Melvin's song. Melvin wrote the song. Okay. And so I was singing it with the young adult choir and I would help Melvin because he would sing. And so when we went in the studio and we, we recorded it, Luther was like, well, you're going to sing the song. And so um, I I did it my way, <laughs> the first take. And then uh, we went back like line by line, <laughs> precept by precept. <laughs> He coached me through, you know, the things that I needed to upgrade, the things mm-hmm. that I needed to change. And there were, you know, a lot of things that I I did initially that, you know, we held on to. But he he orchestrated the song, um, you know, as it as it is recorded, he orchestrated it in the studio. And he was like, no, let's go back and let's do this or let's add this right here, you know, sing this right here, you know, and I did it my way, but he, you know, Mm -hmm. guided me through the process. So, you know, what you hear from the original recording of Spirit, it was like a Luther orchestration, Mm -hmm. you know, it was a God thing, you know, because a song in itself has so much power, but, you know, it was, you know, Luther kind of, he guided me through getting the song out, getting it out of me, Mm -hmm. you know, and Luther's one that he sees stuff in you and he'll tell you, you can (laughs) jump across the moon and you're like, how? (laughs) Because I don't have any shoes that will allow me to jump high enough to cross the moon, but he would, you know, and, and, and it would happen, you know, because, you know, he had faith in what you could do, your ability and you know he he orchestrated that that song in the studio that that day and um and that's that's the recording it was you know god's doing but he used luther to help me to bring it forth yes ma'am you know once the song comes out were you shocked at the success of it i wasn't thinking about the success of it no, because I, that's just not where my mind was, you know, because it was really on ministry because Bishop Barnes had taught us, you know, about, about that, yes. you know, and not that we were like, oh, you know, no, it was like his teaching. He taught us about God and that's, you know, really what, what, what it was becoming for me. 
um, because I, I'm still a work in progress with the ministry, you know, as we all should be a work in progress, you know, with God, you know, because we never get to that place where we know it all and we can do it all. And we've done it, you know, like I've been there, done that thing with God It is not been there, done that. Mm. No, it's like we are a work in progress. Yes, we are, you know, because we are who we are, first of all. Yes, and God is wanting us to get to where he wants us to be. Yes. So we're continually growing and learning and thriving and just, you know, doing doing things the way God would have us to do them requires us to change. Yes, man. You know, so it wasn't a thing about, you know, this is a, you know, this yeah, song so is it doing never, great. Because so like, when I heard it, I'm like, whoa. It's like when your voice comes in on the first line, it's insane. And people all over the world know that song and love your voice. Are you aware of that? Not to that extent. I mean, I know people love the song, you know, because like when I go somewhere and sometimes I go to just sit and enjoy, it's like, are you singing tonight? <laughs> are you going to sing my song? <laughs> like, what's your song? <laughs> um, and, you know, I know that it, it has made a difference, but I still know it's not me. Yes, it's not me. You know, you see me and you hear me. But the experience is is with God. That's that's what it is. You know, it, it, that's that's what it is. Mm. It, it's what it is. I can't say it any plainer. I can't say it any other way. You know, uh, you you just see me, and and He allows me to um, to get that peace. Is you see me, mm. but at the end of the day, it's God that gives the experience. You know, He's the one that we want to be glorified. He's the one that that we want. Um, people to be looking to, you know, you, you, you're looking to me, but it's because of God, you, you know, you're coming to me, but it's because of God. It's not because of Wanda. Cause I'm not, I, I am <laughs> no good. Wanda is no good, but God is good. And when I allow him to use me, that's, that's what the experience is, Yes, ma'am. you know? So I, I know that it's all over the world. I don't know where, you know, Luther knows that stuff. He keeps up with that <laughs> yeah. stuff. So that matters to him, <laughs> you know, yeah. but you know, I'm learning, I'm learning, Yes. you know, that side of it. Business is a side of this God thing too. He yes, wants us to handle our business. So I'm learning that too. And also learning my worth. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that. And people will use you in Jesus name and they will. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. so true. It, it is true. And you have to, that's why it's so important. And I thank God for Bishop Barnes to have that relationship with God so that you can discern. Yes. You know, cause yes. there, there are times when, you know, I'll say, you know, no, no, I don't want anything. But then there are times like, yeah, yes, I need that. <laughs> yes. You know, and not cause I need that, but because I want you to understand that you're, you can't, you cannot, Use me in Jesus name. You cannot, you know, every, every gift has, has its value, you know, and it's not all about the money, but at the same time, you know, that's a whole other road, you <laughs> yeah, know, because especially, especially when it comes to what you guys were doing, cause y'all were like on the road and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's like for Bishop Barnes, it's almost like a livelihood. Mm -hmm. So it's ministry and it's, I have a family to take care of. 
But for him, it wasn't like that. It was straight ministry because he knew that when he did God, God would do him. Wow. So it wasn't. So when you guys were on the road, like who handled his business? He did. Okay. Yeah, when we were on the road, he he handled his business, you know, but before we left Rocky Mount, mm-hmm. his business was already handled. So it was like if he if we went somewhere it was, okay. and the promoters didn't do what they were supposed to do, Bishop Barnes already had the wow. business taken care of because it wasn't about that. It was about ministry, you know, so God had already prepared him to do what he did when we were out on the road, you know, and that's, that's why he always had it because he wasn't chasing the money. He was after the ministry. And when you go after the things of God, God will make that stuff chase you. You know, if you read in Deuteronomy, he talks about, you know, I think it's 28 where he talks about the blessings of being obedient and hearing and doing what God tells you to do. And then he also talks about, I will curse you Mm -hmm. in the last half of it. But in the first half of it, he talks about just doing what God says. And he says, these blessings, they will run you down and they will overtake you. So we have to be careful in the music ministry not to go after the money but to go after the ministry and when we go after the ministry with our whole heart the money will come to us that you know those things that we need they will come to us and it won't be a struggle it won't be haggling it won't be where you got to get out of your godly character and say you better get my money <laughs> you know it won't be one of those things because ministry is in your heart and it's in your mind yes, and he'll give you the discernment to know when it's not there He will, but he'll set you up before you even go to handle those that are going with you. He'll set you up so that you can handle your business even when other people don't handle theirs. You know, so God's people are never at a loss. They're never without, you know, the only times that we are without is when we haven't done what God said, when we haven't consulted with God. You know, that's when we're lacking because sometimes we ain't supposed to go. Facts. You know, that's a whole nother point. It yeah. sure is. And I'm learning that every call doesn't deserve a response. It doesn't deserve Whoa. an answer. You know, sometimes you just, your answer is no, I can't do that. Yes. You know, and I'm learning that it, it was hard learned because I had been looking at the money, you know, and how good it was for my house. But God said, girl, Mm. I got your house. I got you. I got your children. I got everything about you. So when I started looking to him, you know, in, in the scripture talks about, we have to run this race looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We have to look to him. And when we look to him, he provides everything that we need. He'll send the people. He'll make the people call you. He'll make them ring your phone. He'll make them come to you and slide money in your hand. You know, and even some of those that didn't do right, he'll make them come back and make it right. Just like my brother talked about people making yes. stuff right. God will do that for you when you honor him. And you have him in your heart. He'll make them be at peace with you. Yeah. Because they see the God in you. And they want to experience that some more. So they know I got $500 from six years ago. So let me go on and straighten that out. Yeah. Because I want what's in her. You know. So God will set you up. And even if you have to tell them no for the next time. You know, God will fix it so you get what they should have given you before. And it'll be at the time when you need it. Yes. It'll be right. Like, God, move. 
did you know that I had this bill coming up? And God said, yes, I did. I didn't know it before you knew it. I knew it. Yes. So, and I knew you were going to need $500. So I made George from six years ago call you and tell you I owe you $500. So I'm going to put it in your cash app today, right now. God is so amazing. That's why Bishop Barnes was driving home. Get to Jesus. Get to Jesus. Get to Jesus. When you get to Jesus, you got everything you need. He supplies. He provides. He makes ways. He opens doors. He touches people's hearts. Mm. You know, we don't have to do that. God will touch their hearts when we honor him. And our heart is after him. God will touch their hearts. Okay. Mm. It's good. Hey, you getting stirred up? I'm all right. <laughs> so, look, I want to go back again. I don't know how old you were, but you could tell us. Talk to us about when you got married. <laughs> how old were you? I was 27. Okay. When I got married. Um, yeah. In 1998. Were you, um, did you know you would or did you want to before? You got married? Like, was it like one day I'm going to get married type of thing? No. no. I wasn't thinking about stuff like that. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, like these girls now. Oh, I want to <laughs> live in a big house and have a husband and two cars and two kids and a dog. <laughs> yeah. No, because we were trying to survive. We, I mean, but we were living life, too. We were just enjoying being kids. Yeah. You know, now kids come out thinking about grown-up stuff. It's like, you ain't even <laughs> able to chew your own food and you... <laughs> Yeah. You know, and our kid, and, and sometimes we promote that with them. You know, have your dreams, have your, you do, but you need to have kid dreams when you're a kid. Yeah. You know, you need to, I need to do my math. So I'm going to work towards yeah. adding and subtracting and multiplication <laughs> and division, you know, and, yeah. and we had church in our hearts too. So it was, you know, it was a God thing, but it wasn't, I wasn't thinking about it like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like, he just came along and he just kind of, it was, was it? <laughs> and, you know, it just kind of just, it just happened. Mm -hmm. And I, I fell. I fell hard. Yeah. I did. And we ended up, we, we dated for about four, maybe, well, three and a half years. Uh -huh. And then we got married in 1998. Uh -huh. And um, we had Miranda in 2002. Yeah. And, you know, we were a family. And, yeah. you know, even as it is today, um, we're divorced, but we're still family. Yes. We still have a connection because we have Miranda. Yes. You know, God blessed our lives with her and we'll forever be connected. Absolutely. You know, it's just a different type of connection. We now have Angela. We now have Maricus, you know, and, and his other children. You know, they're my children, too. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're a family. And it, it takes God for you to be able to do that. Oh, his name is Maurice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't say his name. His name is Maurice Morgan. But um, it takes God for you to be able to do that. And, and I'm so glad that God is God. And I'm yes. so glad I have him in my life because it, it took a while for me to, to bounce back. But God was my bounce back. And he always is, always has been, always will be my bounce. Well, he ain't always been my bounce back. <laughs> he is my bounce back. You know, when yeah. I decided to allow him to be, yes. he became my bounce back. And I'm so grateful that God has given me 
um, what I need to be able to move forward, mm. you know, and to move forward in such a way that it is good for all of us. Yes. You know, I, I, I am not for the foolery. Yeah. So no. what what was the toughest part of the divorce? The toughest part was dealing with my emotions and not spilling them onto Miranda. Mm. So dealing with mine, dealing with hers, and then my dad was there. My dad lived with us and he was sick. Mm. So I had a whole lot of baggage if you will i had a whole lot going on but god yes that's just (laughs) that's the sentence but god yes if it had not been the lord who was on my side I would have been swallowed up by all of that stuff. My feelings, my emotions, my child's feelings and her emotions. And then my dad's illness. And then he had feelings about it, too, you know, because he was there, you know. So it was his marriage, too, you know. So <laughs> yeah. all of that, that was a challenge. But, you know, let me tell you something. My mom, when I was probably like 17, 16, she was taking me to school one morning and she was driving my daddy's little truck. And it was all this stuff just going on about people cheating and all this stuff. It was like coming to the front. And I was like, geez, mommy, has daddy ever cheated on you? And she said, well, if he has, it's none of your business because he married to me, not to you. She said, so where he might not be my husband, he going to always be your daddy. She said, so that's none of your business. That's that's what helped me with my child. And her feelings and her emotions, because regardless of what what went on between me and Maurice, we were married. She'd have nothing to do with the marriage, although she's a product of the marriage. That was not her weight to carry. That was mine and his and still is mine and his. You know, she finds out what she finds out because she finds out she's 21. You know, so she ain't she ain't no baby no more. So she got sense. She she understands, you know. So, you know, if she finds out stuff, it's not because I'm going to tell her. You know, because that's not her weight to carry. Mm. That's mine and his. That's good. So we have to deal with what's going on between us and be careful not to spill it on her mm-hmm. because then it becomes a burden for her. You know, was she in school thinking about her mom and her daddy upset with each other? No, we have to allow the child to be the child wherever they are. We've got to allow them to be who they are. And we cannot impose what we're feeling on them. You know, because uh, Bishop Jakes, he said, our feelings are not facts. Mm. And just because I feel a certain way about you because I'm mad at you don't mean I should tell Miranda, you know, how I'm feeling because Miranda loves you. <laughs> so I can't mar how she her relationship with you because yeah. of my relationship with you. Come on, we got to get it right. We got to get it right. And I thank God for my mom opening my eyes at that young age because it was for those moments. I needed it then. And God knew. That's why I keep going back to God, because that's where it all starts. 
that's where it all ends. That's where it all should be. God should be our center. God should be our foundation. God should be our focus because he's the one that helps us to be to be able to to travel in these treacherous waters mm-hmm. called life. He's the one that helps us to maneuver. He's the one that helps us to duck and to dodge. You know, when the darts are coming and they don't stop, you know, before you can get across one hurdle and get your foot off the ground, there's another one across. If not for God, I wouldn't be able to. You know, you imagine a track, you know, somebody running track and they got to keep jumping across those hurdles. I'd knock them all down if it won't for God. You know, but he's the one that helps me to plant my foot and then pick it up again. You know, matter of fact, he's the one that plants it and picks it up because I can't. I can't, but he gives me exactly what I need to be able to keep it going. And I mess up. I if you if I look back, it's some hurdles that are down that I knocked over because I won't listen to God. God said, I told you to pick your foot up and you kept it down. So that's why you knocked that hurdle over and you failed too. He said, But I'm gonna pick you up. Whew. God is so good. He's so amazing. So it was what my mom said to me all those years ago that helped me those years later when that time came. And I did not spill it on her as much as I wanted to say I can't. You know, I'm, you know, you crying, I'm crying too. I could have done that, but I didn't because I had my child at heart and I had God at heart. And and the words of my mother were speaking to me. You cannot put that on her. It's none of her business. It's yours. And you got to deal with it. You got to deal with your feelings. You got to deal with your emotions. You got to deal with all that. She can't handle it. She can't. That's yours. That's your baggage. Don't try to pass it off to her. It's like imagine her walking in the in the airport carrying my bags and her bag. No, that's mine. Mm. And I gotta carry it. So, and that's exactly what I did. But you know what? I carried it right to God. <laughs> yeah. So I want to ask you another thing to help parents who are in a situation where they have a child and they're not together anymore. Did you and Uncle Maurice ever like have a conversation like? Let's figure out how to make sure we're good for her. Not necessarily like that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a formal conversation. It was like, look, call your daughter because <laughs> she needs to hear her daddy's voice. You know, it was one of those things. Um, and we talk like that, mm. you know, and, and I would just say to him things because she was with me. She's with me all the time. So there are things that I had to tell him that he wasn't aware of because he wasn't there. So it was not like I'm pointing my finger and saying, you better do this. You better do that. It wasn't like that. It was like I'm informing you. I'm letting you know what's going on. And I'm letting you know that perhaps you you need to do this because these things are going on. You know, so I need for you to, to show up for her that way. You know, even though you may not be able to get here because you're where you are, you may not be able to get here in person, you know, so to speak. But there are ways that you can connect with her. You can send her a text. You can send her a card. You know, you can reach out by phone. You can you can FaceTime her or whatever, WhatsApp, whatever. You know, there are so many means and so many ways that that connections can be made. But we have to get ourselves out of the way. And our feelings, we got to back them up for the sake of the children. Because the children, they didn't ask to be here. You know, that's what we did. (laughs) 
and they're here. So we got to make sure that we take care of them, their minds, their bodies, their souls. We can't just buy everything for them and not give them anything of substance and sustenance, something that will sustain them. Clothes will not sustain them. The Jordans will not sustain them. But life's lessons like my mama taught me in the car or in the little truck on the way to school that morning, that sustained me. That kept me in that moment from doing something that would hurt my child forever. You know, and those are things that our children will carry with them. And that's how they will be acting, you know, because the tree, the the fruit don't fall too far from the tree. Yeah. OK, so when we see the children act as a certain way, you know, what's going on in your house? You know what you saying? You know, we got to be mindful. We got to be thoughtful and we have to be careful. Absolutely. We do. What up, y'all? I'm Rajay, and I'm interrupting the pod to present an opportunity for y'all to support the brand and the fam. So do this for me. Head over to RajayXShy.com, click the merchandise tab, and grab a hoodie, t-shirt, or hat. And remember this thing. No matter what people say or think, live your life. Now back to the episode. So now that Miranda has grown up, how has life changed for you now that she's older? It's good. It's good. You know, with with the normal highs and lows, you know, with the streak of bad, um, <laughs> you know, because she's who she is and I'm who I am, you know, and we're still learning and we're growing together. And I have to remember all the time that she's 21. She's grown now. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I'd be talking to her like she's 12, you know, and I have to catch myself. But at the same time. I don't hold back because I want her to know that her well-being matters to me. And I want her to know that my life's experiences have put me in the place where I can share something with you to help you with yours. Because I don't want you, if I see her going down a road that's dangerous, why would I not say anything to her? I can't just say, oh, she's 21. She on her own. You know, ain't no need for me to say nothing. No, because we've built this relationship over time where I can say something <laughs> and she will receive it. She might not like it because she told me last week. She's like, mommy, she said, you know, when I was in high school and she said, you told me that I couldn't go because I wanted to hang out with my friends. And uh, you told me I couldn't go because we had church. She said, I was texting them like my mama said I got to go to church. <laughs> she said, and I didn't like what you said. She said, but I'm so glad that you told me that she said because now I see the benefits of doing what you told me to do you know so it, it has mm -hmm. it's a relationship that was built over time you know I did not I never allowed her to disrespect me or anybody else I never allowed that from the time she was little and she was able to connect with other people no nope, you're gonna say yes ma'am Yes, sir. No, ma'am. No, sir. You know, and it, even to the point where when she was um, in high school, she went to the early college high school and one of her, um, well, a couple of them came to me and they were like, your daughter is so respectful. I just love her. And I'm like, <laughs> thank you. I'm so glad, you know, and I was proud of her, but I was proud of me too, you know, because people want the results, but they don't want to put in the work. And it wasn't easy. I, it wasn't because she tried to show out on me one time at Walmart. 
because she was mad because I didn't give her the chips like she wanted them. <laughs> and she knocked that bag out of my hand. And we were in Walmart parking lot. I said, you know what, cameras, catch this. <laughs> we had to learn. Yeah. Yeah. You look like you get mad thinking about it. Let me tell you. <laughs> I just can't take disrespect for children. Because yeah. I got to feed you. I got to clothe you. You don't bring nothing to this table but your naked behind. That's all you bring because the clothes you got on, I bought them down in your drawer. I bought them. That's all you bring to the table. So I need for you to do what I say. I need for you to do what I say, and I need for you to do it when I tell you to do it. We can talk about it, you know, but I need you to understand at the end of the day, you know, at the end of the day. And that's the relationship that we've built. And it's the the fear that she has is not fear because I'm afraid of my mom, but it's respect. Yes. It's respect because I allowed her to, to be who she is, but you're going to do what I say yes. while being who you are. Yes. And I'm going to help you because they don't know. Yes. They don't know. You know, so we have to guide them. She, she was not my friend and still to a certain extent, is not my friend. She's my child, but we have a relationship. Yes. You know, I won't call her my friend. She's my child. Yes. But we got a relationship. We have a camaraderie, you know, where I, I enjoy laughing and giggling <laughs> and talking with her and spending time. When she's home from school, I so enjoy it. When she leaves, I'm like, gee, yeah. I miss her. <laughs> You know, yeah. and she'll send me a text, Mommy, I miss you already. Aww. I want to come home. I'm like, but you got to go to school, girl. You got to go to school. You got to handle your business. So when yes. I get older, you can take care of me. Absolutely. You know, but we've built that relationship. So it's where it is now because of the things that I invested in, because of the things that she did too, because she didn't have to, you know, at the end of the day, everybody has a choice, even down to little kids. They got a yeah, choice. Facts. You just got to deal with consequences. Yes. So I'm going to get you. Don't say what you're going to say, but you better know I'm going to get you before you even spit it out. Good. I got you. I got you. So she understood. And it got to the point where all I had to do was look at her. Yeah. I didn't have to put my hands on her. Yeah. And let me tell y'all this. God told me, and I'm going to tell you just what God said to me. You might not do it with yours. You, I'm going to tell you what God told me about mine. He said, beat her so you won't have to. He said, go ahead and handle it so you won't have to. I don't have to spank Miranda many times. She can tell you I didn't have to because she understood. I let her know, no, ma'am, yeah. we are not doing this in this house at this time. No, ma'am, this is not acceptable. And when you set that precedent, they understand. And so it came to the place where one night I'm telling I'll be talking all day. Y'all, Jamal might have had 25 <laughs> questions to ask me, but he can't ask me but six because I'm talking so much. But we were in church one night, and I was up doing praise and worship. We were down on the floor, and she was sitting with my sister Vaughn. God rest her soul. And Miranda was blowing bubbles. She had some bubble gum, blowing <laughs> bubbles. And I kept trying to get her attention. And she told me later, she said, um, she said, Mommy, she said, Aunt Vaughn said, your mama looking at you. She said, I know. That's why I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> Because I knew if I ever laid my eyes on you, you were going to get me. You were going to make me come up there with you. <laughs> she knew. She knew. So it was just eye contact. Yeah. You know, and even now, you know, I girl, <laughs> you're 21, but I'm, I, I'm 52. 
That's a, I'm always going to have, I'll be 53 next month. Yeah. I said, girl, I'm always going to have 32 years on you. I don't care how old you get. I'm always going to be 32 ahead of you. So yeah. no, no, no. Don't think mm. that at any moment, because see, you got to, to text me or you got to call me and say, well, mommy, can you cash out me? Because um, I need some gas. Or can you cash out me? Because I, I want, really want something to eat from this place right here. I said, so girl, you better not forget. Mm, don't act like you don't know. Because, yeah. you know, I'm here for you. I'm, I'm like they say, I'm 10 toes down yes, for you. Uh, All 10 of them. <laughs> I am. But yeah. I'm going to tell you, I'll pick them up when you ain't doing what I say. Mm-mm. No. Yeah. No. So we have a beautiful relationship. And even with Arnez, it took some learning, but we, we have learned and we're still learning, you know, because he's on a spectrum and it is constantly changing and he's a teenager too. But we are learning each other and he understands, you know, and I understand, yes. you know, and I'm listening more and, and it helps so much when you listen, you know, and then talking to him helps him to understand this is why I did what I did or why I said what I said. I need you to fully understand this. It is not because I don't love you. It's not because I dislike you because children can think you hate them when you discipline them. No, when I used to get Miranda... I tell you, girl, I love you, but I'm getting ready to get you. Uh-huh. And she got it got to the point where she said, Mommy, I know you love me, but it's going to hurt. Yes. Yes. It's going to hurt me if I don't deal with this. So we're going to go on and deal with it so you won't hurt me no more. Yeah. Not in this vein. Yes, that's you know? good. So our relationships, you know, they, they have evolved um, to where they are now because along the way I just I did what God told me to do yes. I did it the way the Bible said train them up in the way they should go he said if you beat them they won't die you'll save their soul from hell that's scripture and he says you spare the rod you're gonna spoil the child he said so you know go ahead and handle your business it's not like if you spank them you're gonna have to spank them every day and it becomes abuse it's abuse when you don't and then they drive you to the point where you get out your gun or you get out your whip <laughs> and you're whipping them and you won't stop because you didn't do it all those years ago or those months ago go ahead and handle it so they understand and you save the children and they love you for it they don't hate you they love you for it and they know that you care they know that you care and she told me she said mommy i know you love me but this is gonna hurt (laughs) and i said well you think about what you did i said matter of fact tell me what you did so you can spit it out of your mouth and you can acknowledge your wrong so you can acknowledge this whooping I'm about to give you and say it was mine. I asked for it. And so my mama gave it to me. I asked her for the shoes. She gave me the shoes. I asked her for the whooping. She gave me that too. Yeah, I'm telling you. No. I, but let me tell you, God is so good. He is so amazing. And he just sets our lives up. So that we can live them in such a way that it pleases him and it pleases us. Life is good. Because when you're going through and you potty train and you're trying to get them off the bottle and you're trying to get them to sleep in their own bed, it ain't easy. But when you go through the process, you you know, Miranda got to the point where she wake up. Y'all, this ain't even supposed to be about parenting <laughs> 101. It's perfect. But it got to the place where Miranda... When she was um, getting potty trained and my Aunt Leora is so wonderful. She just helped me through the process. She was like, look, she said, when she eats, take her to the bathroom. When she drinks, take her to the bathroom. You know, so you schedule those times. So she's familiar with the bathroom and she knows that this is where I go to do this. And so it got to the point where she wake up in the middle of the night and said, mommy, I got to go to the bathroom. Oh. So I get right up. 
And honey, we going to the bathroom. I didn't have to buy no pull-ups. You know, we stopped by and it helps in more ways than we recognize. It saves us money. We think we putting them on a the pull-up. Yeah, you just going to do what you got to do. But you're spending all that money on them pull-ups, all that money on them bottles and stuff. She was getting off the bottle. And my aunt, you take this for your baby, the new one. Um, my aunt was like, you know, we got to get off the bottle and get on the sippy cup. And so she was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. She said, bring me all of your bottles. Bring them to my house in a big garbage bag. And that way you won't have them in your house. She said, and you can give her the sippy cup before she goes to bed. I took them bottles with fear and trembling. <laughs> I put them all in the garbage bag. I had new ones that hadn't even been opened. We took them all to Leora's house and three days. But let me tell you, them three days were hard. My daddy was like, girl, get that baby a bottle. It's like, nope, nope, and nope. Y'all going to have to deal with this because we're going to get off these bottles. And she did. Pacifier, same thing. And then when she changed from the sippy cup to a cup, a regular cup, she said, just give her something to drink before she goes to bed. And, in you know, the little cups that they give mm -hmm. you with the water cooler. Mm -hmm. She said, use that because it's big enough for her. So I gave her some milk one night. We were transitioning from the sippy cup to the regular cup. Gave her some milk one night. And she never did it again. She thought she was going to lay down with that cup. <laughs> she poured milk all in her face. It took one time. And the next night, she was drinking her milk before she <laughs> laid down. But, you know, you're not going to have a cup in the bed with you all night. Yeah. We are transitioning. So those things I did, and it helped me with my relationship with her. Even though it seems not connected, they're all connected, connected yes. because you're training them. You're teaching them all along the way and you're also saving yourself money you're saving yourself time you're saving yourself the frustration of going out and you got to turn up a hind part as big as yours to change a diaper <laughs> you know when they can be going to the bathroom and yes. you cover the seat and y'all handle your business and come on out yes. you know it's just so many uh so many um what's the word i'm looking for there's so much good to come out of it yes you know and it you it's worth the struggle it's worth it so you know it it was a challenge, but at the end of the day, I thank God yes. that I was able to follow through as hard yeah. as it was because the benefits far outweigh all the struggle. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being here. Oh my goodness. We have spent all our time talking about parenting. But you know what? It's important because it's like parenting is hard, right? If you allow it to be. Right. And I'm, I'm going to tell you the crazy thing. I'm going to tell you why I say it's hard. Like, when you were raising Miranda, they won't know TikTok. They won't know Instagram. They won't know Facebook. They won't know YouTube. It's insane out here in these streets. But there was still a no. That's no a has al point. always existed. And that's the thing. We have to recognize that no matter how much times change, the word of God doesn't change. So we can't change our stance. So I don't care about TikTok. If I tell you that you need to get off you going to get off or we got a problem, you know, so you 12. Okay. But I'm 22 or 32 or whatever, you know, not 22 and 12. No, but I'm, <laughs> I'm older than you. So I tell you what to do. You don't tell me what to do. You know, and I need you to understand that even when they sneak and I tell Miranda girl, do it. God is going to show it to me. He's going to reveal it to me. It might not be when you do it, but it'll always come back to me. And I'm going to tell you, she can tell you my mom. <laughs> she'd be like calling me out yeah 
because the Lord will reveal it to you when you, that's why I keep going to, but God, because he will reveal things to you about your children because the enemy seeks to steal, to kill and to destroy. That is a given. He's on his job. So we have to make sure if I'm going to say I belong to God and I believe in God, then I'm going to have to do God. I'm going to have to mean God all the way, even with my children and parenting. If God said do it this way, there's a reason that he said do it this way, you know, because it's for my good. And we know Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to those who are the called according to his purpose. So the all things could be a mixture of a whole lot of stuff. Let me tell you, this is what God gave me about that. I promise I'm going to be finished. He said, I don't like peas. I don't like green peas. I do not like green peas. <laughs> but you put them in a soup, I'll eat green peas. <laughs> because they are no longer green peas. It's soup. You know, so that's what, that was the revelation that he gave me about all things. They work together for good. I love a soup. I eat all the green peas you put in it, but don't give them to me by give them to me by themselves. Sheesh. I can't take them. But God allows everything that happened in our lives when we sell ourselves out to Him. He allows everything that happened in our lives to work for our good because He's good. Everything about him is good. There's nothing bad about God. Mm. It becomes bad and grievous to us when we get in the way, when we don't get our way. You know, when we can't do what we want to do, that's when the things of God and God becomes like the enemy. Because, mm. you know, he wait, they want this all the time. I got to do this. I got it becomes a chore. Because of what I want to do. But when I set aside what I want to do and let God be God, he'll handle all that stuff. The stuff I don't like, the stuff that hurts me. You know, going through divorce, it wasn't easy. It was embarrassing. But God said, girl, you good. You good. It's all right. You just love him a different way. Yeah. You know, it's all good because it's for your good. And look at what came out of it. Absolutely. Miranda. Absolutely. Look at that. Yes. God said, girl. You all right? Yes. Keep it moving. Yes. He'll do that because he is that kind of God and he's that kind of good. Yes. He is. So I don't care about TikTok. The times change, but God don't change. And your no won't change unless you change it. It's up to you. You know, so you can't back down because the children are buffing up. Remember, they 10. Yes. You bigger. Yeah. You older. You supposed to be wiser. You don't let them win. Yeah. Although sometimes it's a little bit tempting. It's like, you know what? It ain't even worth all it. Yes, it is. Because at the end of the day, you got to deal with that. They got to live with you. And if your children are running your house, they ain't no house. They ain't no home. None of that. Mm. You got you to gotta handle your business and not let your business handle you. You got to take care of your business and let your children be children. Keep them in their place and you stay in your place. It's not that you're lording over them, but I'm just letting you know, I got to guide you through like Luther orchestrated that spirit and you see the results of it. You see what God did. You know, that's how we have to do it. We got to orchestrate. I got to give it to you line by line, precept by precept. Okay. You pull the covers up like this and you pulled it. You put the pillar over here. You know, I got to give it to you. Okay. Since you didn't understand, this is how you do it. Okay, we have to give it to them like that so that they are without excuse. Yes, ma'am. Because see, at, one, at some point in their lives, they're going to be in our shoes. They're going to be parents. Yes. And you don't want no grandchildren from Hades. <laughs> That's good. You got to think about that. 
Yes, ma'am. God, there's a re- God is a strategic God. That means that he knows why. He knows the why of everything, even though it starts right here. I'm doing this right here for that down there. Mm. My mama told me at 16 for what happened when I was 32 or what happened when I was 37. Mm. But it was that back there. Yes, that helped me later on in my life. Yes, so ma'am. God is a strategic God. There's always a strategy with God. Remember the scripture. There's a scripture in Isaiah that talks about how um, his word, when it goes out, it won't return to him oh, void. Yes. It's going to accomplish everything that he sent it out to do. But it goes on to say, and it's going to prosper in that thing where I sent it to. So that means it's the gift that's going to keep on giving. It's not going to just solve that problem, but we're going to solve this one. So that one down the road can be solved because you got this knowledge base right here you got this god gave you this right here for that down there even though you used it right here god has given it to you for this down here you know so there's a purpose for everything that god does and we have to rely on him so that we can be the best singer the best parent the best musician we want to do it all the best church member the best person on our jobs we want to make sure that we give everything our best and the way that we do it is to follow after god amazing This has been another episode of the RXS podcast with the amazing Miss Wanda Barnes. Thank y'all for watching and thank y'all for listening. Peace.